0: And this is a part of the show I love sharing with you where I get to talk to different people to find out what it is they do and what it is they are passionate about. Today, joining me on The Groove Cafe, I have a pharmacist, researcher and activist, hmm, Dennis Kibira joining me. Dennis, how are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you, Crystal. Mm-hmm. It's too good to be here on the program.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you for joining me on The Groove Cafe. Uh-huh. How is life, as people like to say, how is life hmm? treating you over there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, life couldn't be better. Uh-huh. Uh, um, life couldn't be better, I would say.
0: Okay. Uh, tell us a bit yes. about what you do.
1: Well, quite a bit. It's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> uh, first of all, I'm Dennis Kivira. I'm a pharmacist by profession, mm-hmm. but a lot of my training has, uh, has been in, uh, in management, mm-hmm. and a lot of um, what I do is uh, in research mm-hmm. and, and advocacy. I'm one of the frontline uh, pharmacists looking into getting um, the voice of the consumer into into the policy space. Uh, mm. I do that through um, interacting with consumers at the community level, but also through the numerous research that I do on, on access to essential medicines,
0: okay. both
1: locally, regionally, and also globally.
0: Okay. All right. I'm, I'm also
1: a, a, a PhD candidate in uh, pharmaceutical policy and regulation. Mm-hmm. And therefore, yes, I do a lot of work cutting across the community, the national, and the global level.
0: Mm. I love that you talk about all these different levels because looking at the household level and the community level is so important. And when it comes to policymakers, they really have to have that as a basis to begin with. So, yeah, it's nice to hear about all the research you've done. You said um, your background is pharmacy. Was that in India? Where you had your, where you got your degree?
1: Yes, I, I got my degree uh, at the Rajiv Gandhi Technical University in, in India, and that was in two thousand and three.
0: But you uh, studied here in Uganda.
1: Home. Yes, I, I I went to secondary school at Saint Mary's College Kisubi for mm-hmm. six years. Six and years. After that, mm-hmm. I went to India.
0: Okay. Yeah. How was and, India? Uh, what what was your experience in India? I love to hear the stories. Uh,
1: someone out of secondary school and then uh, you have to go to a foreign country and to fend for yourself. Mm-hmm. It was um, a new learning ground uh, <laughs> where you have to learn to manage yourself. You have There was a very deep
0: sigh as you were sharing this. <laughs> it was a learning experience.
1: So a lot of um, um, my personality now uh, was shaped by my experiences in India.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: was just able also to make lifelong friends there. There were a group of um, Ugandans that mm-hmm. we um, we studied with. And uh, so um, I think India shaped a lot of my choices and uh, has shaped a lot of my life uh, as it is now.
0: Wow. So so what would you say yeah. was your big takeaway after being there and studying in India?
1: I think uh, w- one of the biggest issues is to be organized,
2: mm-hmm.
1: organized in terms of managing oneself, mm-hmm. uh, organized in terms of managing one's resources, finances, but also organized in terms of taking um, the opportunities available to one life, mm-hmm. but also making, making life choices. And so that influenced a lot uh, when I got back here in 2004 and uh, did my internship in Lago Hospital.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it shaped a lot of the decisions I had to take later because mo- at the time most of the pharmacists would either work for the public sector mm-hmm. uh, or be out in the private sector managing um, uh, 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 private pharmacies. And then it was that oh this was a, a lucrative um, uh, profession and uh, <laughs> oh. I decided to, to work in civil society mm-hmm. um, to uh, to ensure that I could influence change.
0: Okay. Yes. Hmm. So what did you feel like wh- where were the gaps what did you see that you wanted to change especially as an activist now?
1: When I got back and I did my internship uh, at mlago Hospital first of all one of the things that intrigued me was uh, working at, at the assessment center, which is their outpatient department,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you'd see a large number of uh, patients come in. Some of those patients would come in routinely.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Routinely, I, I, I thought that uh, the little medicine that they were getting, they either were selling it because they would come in for the same ailments.
2: Mm-hmm. And it
1: meant that the health workers who uh, were um, looking at uh, them were not taking enough time to check that these are the same people that come in and routinely they infect the same, uh, the same disease and they are routinely getting anti-malarials.
2: Mm. And uh,
1: part of, uh, of the prescriptions were never filled because we only had uh, a limited amount of medicines available to us. So even for the genuine patients, it meant that they had to go out and uh, buy most of these medicines mm-hmm. in the private sector. Uh-huh. And the, the medicines were really expensive. They were really expensive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so many were not getting the, um, the right care that, uh, that they deserved.
0: So people had found and a so loophole I, and I, I were taking it. advantage of the system, huh?
1: Yes, uh, but also the, the ones that were really, really sick were not, uh, not
0: getting the, the, the proper treatment.
1: care that they, they needed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, so I, I set out to see, okay, what could I do about this, and as a, from an individual point of view, I felt that uh, the health workers needed to have be provided with, uh, with the tools that they need to do a good job and that they are happy, mm-hmm. but I also felt that the needed to get the fair service to get justice and health and so um uh, i i set out to um um, to initially i didn't have the opportunities but um as i um worked in the private sector for two years and Mm -hmm. i i was invited as a research assistant in uh in an NGO that was doing research on uh, on access to, the, to to medicines. I think particularly anti-malarials at the, at that point in time, and that's where I found uh, myself and my passion. And uh, I joined this uh, NGO uh, mm-hmm. as a research uh, research manager, and went up the 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 ladders. Um, uh, different levels and
2: uh, yeah uh, and I some see somehow later, you
0: I found some it. time to do a master's at Uganda matters University then you went to um, was it Yale the School of Public Health
1: uh, not directly at Yale I got a scholarship uh, from TEPFA mm-hmm. to, uh, to do this course that uh, was uh, provided uh, by um, by Yale uh, and uh-huh. also the Foundation for Professional Development in, mm-hmm. in, in South Africa. Okay. And it was an advanced health management program. Mm-hmm. It was um, um, a, a, a mini MBA uh, for for health workers. So I was also able to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes.
0: Okay, so I think you know one of the things you've made clear is you you hated seeing people who weren't getting the right medication, the right care that they were supposed to get as a pharmacist, what is one of your biggest frustrations that you would say other pharmacists uh, have to deal with, dealing with us people, <laughs> the public and patients? <laughs> Let it out. <laughs> No, dealing with patients. Yeah, as in... um, I think,
1: even before dealing with patients, oh, I think it's both, and it uh, it um, uh, it affects the patients, but also the system. As mm-hmm. a health worker, mm-hmm. you want to have the tools that enable you to give the service, a proper service to mm-hmm. a patient.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So when a patient comes to you and you do not have the tools to diagnose, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. If a patient comes to you medicine is prescribed and you're not able to provide that, that you're left empty.
0: Mm -hmm. You're left
1: empty. And so that's my biggest frustration.
0: Okay. Okay. A lot of people say another frustration they have with us as Ugandans, many Ugandans, is self-medication. People who walk into pharmacies and say, oh, this is my problem. I need this, this, that, that. Is something is that something that you feel that you know we need to work yeah. on?
1: I I I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's created by the system because um, ordinarily, as a Ugandan, myself, I dread going to a health facility. <laughs> if I'm sick or any member of my family is sick, that's the worst I did.
2: Mm. Because
1: you dread the costs, you dread finding the proper diagnosis, mm. you dread um, fi- get, if you will be able to get the medicine that you need, and all the costs associated to that. So certainly the self-medication is, um, is a consequence of this entire system that you know then the patients uh, have found that if they walk if they can they, they, uh, they are able to tell the symptoms that they are facing and they walk to to a facility and they get this off the counter, Mm -hmm. uh, that that is the best way to manage. Yeah, they're saving money. -hmm. Yes, they're saving money. And this is moving on even from, uh, many are even diverting from the, the mainstream healthcare and are being deceived by alternative medicine. Uh, where uh, the the people will claim this medicine treats A, B, C, D. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, it's the convenience that that provides that is persuading people away from the the mainstream. But for me, I think that's a consequence of uh, a bigger problem that we need to address, Mm -hmm. getting healthcare uh, uh, accessible. Affordable. uh, Affordable, yes, for, for our population
0: hmm okay, so yes. so over the years you you've worked on so many different research projects as you mentioned, on different levels, national level, household level. Um, in terms of Ugandans and access to health, access to drugs, have you seen some improvements um, in the last few years? Um, any you know, any measures that have been put in place to at least try and bolster that? The improvements and the strides that we have made as a country.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Uganda has made tremendous strides over the last twenty years in terms of uh, healthcare. You can see that by uh, the improved life expectancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be thirty, and we are uh, over up to ninety percent of uh, the HIV/AIDS programs are um, funded through donor support. If you look at um, family planning or contraceptive programs, up to about eighty percent of that is funded by donors. Mm-hmm. If you look at our malaria program, uh, up to about eighty five percent of our malaria program is funded through donors and therefore, what happens when these donors pull out? Uh, we need to um, we need to critically reflect mm-hmm. on how to improve uh, uh, and uh, financing for for our country. We need more financing mechanisms.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Right now, the the world is an era of uh, uh, universal health uh, coverage Mm -hmm. and that no one should be left. The catchphrase is that no one should be left behind Mm -hmm. uh, and that no one should face any hardships in terms of paying for health care. And we have to critically think about this. We need a national health system 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 in this country Mm -hmm. and we need more more money from the government yes more budget
0: allocation to to health yes yes.
1: right now uh the an individual the individuals and donors are meeting the brand of this because about 40 percent of of total health expenditure for each person is 40 percent is from themselves and about another 40 percent is uh is, is from donors. Mm-hmm. Um, the health insurance plays a, a very little part. Yeah. But then the government is is paying. Uh, you can see that it's the government who is mandate. Actually, health is a mandate of, uh, of the government. Yes. Uh, you can see that they're lagging behind. The government is lagging behind. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the government needs to pull up and ensure that um, we we can meet these global aspirations.
0: Yeah. Okay. well, for without a doubt, health is wealth. I think um, more and more people are beginning to realize and, you know, trying to tackle lifestyle diseases and just, you know, find ways to be to eat naturally healthy, all these things. Um, What's uh, one of the things that you have seen as Ugandans that has really been an issue for us as the public that could easily be rectified in your you know in your experience,
1: um, one of the biggest issues we have is that uh, our biggest burden is infectious diseases,
2: mm-hmm.
1: up to 70 percent is infectious diseases. Okay, but most of these are preventable, even from the household level. Mm-hmm. Things like clean water, washing hands, you know, proper hygiene at home can mm-hmm. help eradicate most of these diseases we, we have. Mm-hmm. Sleeping in a mosquito you know, clearing bushes around your houses mm-hmm. and the system that used to be there, Mayumba Kumi, when we were growing up, uh, where you used to have a health person uh, at each in at each village trying to see that people had a latrine, that they had clean water, mm-hmm. that they were washing, these small basic things were left mm-hmm. and and uh, and that's the biggest challenge. However, with the, of course, the growing, with the better life expectancy that we have, many Ugandans are also getting into the middle class. We see growing non-communicable diseases, mm-hmm. hypertension,
2: mm-hmm. Uh,
1: diabetes. And so we need to ensure that now if we have, we're still suffering with these infectious uh, or communicable diseases, and then we are getting these lifestyle diseases also beginning to bite us, Mm -hmm. we know that we are in trouble. And this could easily be fixed because with simple primary health care uh, of managing health at a proper household level, you can uh, manage your environment and then you can manage what you eat, you could do. Exercises. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was recently uh, pleasantly surprised by the Chawazinga in Busoga who has put up programs where are, the, the the old people are doing exercises.
2: Oh wow!
1: That simple programs like this mm-hmm. can um, uh, can bring a lot of change uh, into the country.
0: Okay, Well, I, I like that, you know, much as we need more budget allocation from, you know, from the government and more focus from within in terms of attention to our health issues, that, you know, there's also stuff that we can do. It's It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you, Christo. And, uh, and sharing what you've learned, what you know.
1: Yes, thank you so much. I was happy. I'm glad to have been part of this.
0: How can we get in touch with you? Well, um... At the moment,
1: I, I work with the Coalition for Health Promotion and Social Debe- Development, uh, an NGO best here in Uganda. Mm-hmm. So, um, people can look up uh, HEPs Uganda. The short is HEPs Uganda,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: um, people can Google HEPs Uganda. They could be able to find the works that I do. Uh, but they, people can also reach me on on my contact, uh, which is, is my telephone zero seven zero one five 580- eight zero. 120. Mm-hmm. Uh, or just look me up. Uh, you know, we are in a, in a modern era. Mm-hmm. Just look me up. My details will be right there. On, on, so we can on, Google on, you. On inter- we
0: can look for you on LinkedIn. Ah, okay. yes. Wonderful. Well, Dennis, thank you again for joining us on The Groove Cafe.
2: Groove Cafe. RX Radio.